Welcome to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And today we are talking about Assassin's Creed 3, developed by Ubisoft Montreal and published by Ubisoft. And I remember when this was coming out, I was really looking forward to it because I thought the setting was really cool, being in the Revolutionary War. And I liked that this was the first time where the equipment set was a little different. We've talked about how you've always had a sword or a short sword and then a knife and something like that. This one, it was the tomahawk. And I loved the look of the tomahawk. Well, if I remember correctly, when you pre-ordered... You could get the like it came with it, or was the tomahawk a separate no, purchase? The, no, I, the the tomahawk was just a thing that you got. No, that, no, 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 oh, not, oh. not in the game in real life. Oh, I, that like, I don't. Remember. I remember you could actually own the tomahawk in real life. Okay, see, which I, I thought was super cool because it is the assassin symbol. The oh tomahawk. yeah! Like I was like, oh, yeah. oh, you guys are so creative. No, that is totally. I look yeah. back on it now, and I'm like, of course it is. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on, Caleb. That was it. That was a given. Yeah, but it's just so dang perfect looking. It and is. It's super cool. I love it. And I, I love this. Was the, this was one of the first times I had remember a lot of the killing animations looked really cool in these games. I remember talking about those kinds of things. Yeah. But the tomahawk kill animations, those I really remember because it just looked like I specifically was running around with the tomahawk, with the tomahawk. just to kill people well, so I, I could see like the animations. You used, you used the tomahawk more than you did even the assassin's blade. Mm-hmm. You know, your your hidden blade or whatever you want to call it. Like, the tomahawk was a huge feature in it. Along with the Native American style, like, short bow and, like, because that was... That was one of the first times where I feel like you had a decent ranged weapon that was truly silent. You got a, a little like hand crossbow. Yeah. Eventually with Altair, not Altair, sorry. Ezio. Ezio, thank you. You're welcome. And it was all right, but it wasn't that great. This one, I like, I shot people up the ass with a bow, <laughs> dude. Like, because it, it truly was like a, a one hit kill. Oh, God, so much True, fun. Like, yeah. you could you could manipulate the bodies. Like, if you hit them just right, they would fall into bales of hay that were right next to them. Shit like that. And I was like, this is truly like a good assassination weapon. Because mm-hmm. it's silent, it's forceful, and, you know, it can truly help me out. So... I was really stoked just so the the new things that they were doing with it. But yeah, I mean, that was, so yeah, that was pretty much it. What about you? I, you know, I remember just laughing my ass off about the game because, you know, there were leaks, there was information leaks, there was, where's this game going to take place? And I remember people being like, do one in China, do one in Japan, do one in feudal India, do one in Africa, do one, like... They were demanding for certain places and certain type of cultures to be done. Which I was kind of like, you know, all of those are interesting, but they're also at the very time very um, cliche. Like, oh, do one in feudal Japan. Great. Mm -hmm. Who hasn't done one in feudal Japan? (laughs) You know, like, feudal Japan was a a very common thing. Same with, like, medieval Europe, Mm -hmm. which we've also not really covered. And they kind of stayed away from, which I actually appreciated. Yeah. So... When it came out that, hey, we're doing this during the American Revolution, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking America represent. Well, right? Like, <laughs> my only thing with it being in the American Revolution, my thought process back to the time was, how are you going to be able to, like, run along rooftops? You know, 
And why are all these really suspicious-looking similar trees? <laughs> like, buildings still had roofs. Yeah, but dude. I just felt like there was going to be a whole lot of open space. Yeah, repetitiveness and open space. Yeah, and, yeah. but uh, you know, I I think that they ended up doing a really good ultimately. Job with it. I think they ended up doing a really good job with it. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I, I think they they did that nice little combination. But at the same time, I can be honest with you, I don't remember running around through roofs and trees very often. Actually, no. while playing the game, I really don't. <laughs> But I, I was excited for that, and then it, on top of it, they had released that it was going to be the conclusion of the Desmond mm-hmm. series, which I was very curious about, because if you remember up until this point, like, we're, we're talking Desmond is, like, the the savior of the world. They're building him up to be like, hey, you are the only one to stop this apocalyptic event. And I was kind of like, well, what's going to happen? Because one of the things that... Uh, you didn't say th- this game was released in 2012. Mm-hmm. And for those who lived through 2012, <laughs> remember 2012 was another one of those big years where everybody was like, oh my God, it's going to be the end of the world. <laughs> end of the world. Apocalypse. <laughs> and this was before zombie apocalypse. Like zombie apocalypse was, was being talked about, but yeah. it wasn't popular <laughs> yet. So I was kind of like, oh, it's funny. They're going to, they're going to tie in this whole end of the world vibe mm. with this year that's end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> this was all specifically set around the Mayan calendar ending. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was what that the was, talk was. That was the thought was, oh my God, they only, and like, I just remember my, my brain being, God, 2012 or like 24, mm. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in there. I was like, dude. They can't chisel forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have to stop somewhere. Yeah, twenty twelve just happened to be the time they stopped. But yeah, it was. I thought it was funny, and that that was something that cracked me up. As far as like being excited for, I wasn't really excited for. It. I liked the equipment set. Mm-hmm. I thought the setting was going to be cool, but it wasn't one that I remember like rushing out to fucking GameStop and pre-ordering right then and there, smacking down my five bucks. Yeah, you know? because I was just kind of like. I'll get it when you I know, get it, kind well, of thing. I liked Ezio. I loved Assassin's Creed 2. And then they gave me Brotherhood. Yeah. And then they gave me Revelations. Oof. And then I was kind of like, what's going on with you guys? <laughs> like, I feel like you're regressing, not going forward. And granted, as more things came out, as I was able to watch more of like, hey, here's some more gameplay footage. Hey, we've introduced this new style of finishing counterattacks. Mm-hmm. That's what made me really excited. And that's what I fucking loved doing. When you're fighting like four guys and it tells you to here, press this button to counter and you go into a counter and you stab one and have him shoot another guy. And then he, you can use that one to bayonet the third guy. And you know, like then the third guy's like little knife, you pull out and throw at the fourth guy and boom, everybody's dead. And you're like, Oh my God, that was the most kick-ass animation ever. Yeah. Like I just killed four dudes and it made me feel like I did it and like kind of like the way the movies did it. I thought that was the coolest. That's what made me excited watching those cuz I wanted to see them all. Yeah. And there was there was a lot with the tomahawk, but there was a lot with all of the weapons. Like I remember one where I dropped down, I stabbed two guys, I grabbed the musket from one, aimed it at this third guy that was a little ways away and it shot him. And I just remember thinking, like, you know, even though they're a pretty close distance, muskets weren't the most accurate of weapons. <laughs> yeah. So that's even just pretty fucking amazing there. <laughs> like, blind fire a musket into a guy and it shoots him in the chest and he dies. Like, oh. But beyond that, I was curious. I just don't know if I was super duper excited. You know, like I was for Assassin's Creed 2. 
because one that took place during one of my favorite time periods in history yeah and the other thing that kind of made me take a step back from this one is they before the game even came out they announced we're going to release this dlc with it Mm. the uh what was it called the tyrancy of George Washington or something like that. The tyrant of King Washington. The, the, the tyranny. Ty- tyranny. Thank you. You're Sorry. welcome. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, because to me, one of the big things about this game, right, was it was seated in factual history. They added, you know, fiction to it, but everything else was supposed to be factual. And I, I don't know, unless if I skipped a fucking chapter in fucking <laughs> third grade history, George Washington was never a tyrant. No. So... Yeah, I do think it's kind of funny that they ended up using it as a uh, way of just playing around with the timeline. Yeah. You know, uh, well, this alternate like reality kind of thing. This was the stepping stone to them doing it in future games mm-hmm. that we've noticed. And I, I just kind of was like, hmm, that takes away from what this game is supposed to be for me. So, like, I got, I, like, I kept having this up and down with it before it launched. Mm-hmm. No, granted. I did get it the day it came out. <laughs> like, I did. I don't think I pre-ordered it. I think I just walked into a GameStop and was like, hey, give it. I'll take one. Yeah. I'll take one. But this is also, like, I want to say this is also when I saw a lot of the, like, merch. You know, before you had, like, the little action figures mm-hmm. and stuff like that. This I, I want to say this is when I saw, like, hey, you want his, you want his bracelet? You want his gauntlet? You want his, you want his tomahawk? You want, you like, and I was like, damn, dude, now you can, like... Get all this crap. <laughs> and, like, I remember being like, is that his tomahawk? And they were like, yeah, isn't that cool? And I was like, yeah, let me see it. And then I was like, oh, it's made out of foam. And they were like, well, yeah, of course. And I was like, yeah, you say of course, but I'm pretty sure I could Google this shit. And boom, real tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's what I would want. Oh, for sure. Like, Yeah, right. I mean, if you're going to put money down for some sort of replica from the series, why have it be anything? Well, you, you've seen my house. I have a lot of replicas from a lot of different things. And yeah, if it's not, if it's not made out of real metal, I don't give a crap if that, that edge is so blunt that from a mile you can see that it is square. <laughs> yeah. At least make it out of real metal. Yeah, at like, least make it out of something real. Yeah. Some, yeah. So with that in mind, game released... You bought it. What, what What did you think? So I, honestly, going through the game, there were there were a handful of moments that I really enjoyed. Um, there were certain things that I didn't like as much. But really, when I got to the end, I realized it was all about Desmond. It's not really about the main actual assassin character, Connor, yeah, yeah. as he's... We're, we're going to call him Connor because... Uh, His real name is really hard to say. We Googled it, and I, I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It... It doesn't make sense to my logical brain on how you pronounce this name, but it is a um, Native Ra- American name. He is God. What? Radun Hagedun. There's no G. Yeah, I want to point out this. There is no <laughs> G in the spelling of this name. And I mean, uh, um, he's so he's he's half English, half Mohawk, mm-hmm. Indian. So like he he ends up adopting the name Connor, right? Um, to make it easier for him to socialize with people and kind of get around mm-hmm. during this time period of the American Revolution. So from this point on, you will never hear us say his Native American name. <laughs> it will be Connor. Yeah. <laughs> and that's primarily Don't, also just because that. that's that's just how he's that's just what he's called in the game. Oh yeah. At, after that point, everybody calls him. Oh that, god, so. like I think it's only like the first fifteen minutes yeah. that you hear his real name and then he goes to that house and the guy's like you need a better name bro. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like connor connor sounds like a good name for me 
probably I'd say middle, maybe high middle of the pack in in my my list of favorites. It's it's not the best. It's definitely not the worst. Oh, I don't think it's the worst by any means. I I would I would put it definitely probably in you know my tops, mm-hmm. but it's not the top. No, like no. I mean, I would say probably you know yeah. Middle of the pack, high middle of the pack. Yeah. Like, it had a lot of good qualities. Yeah. It did. And then there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of like, meh. Yep. (laughs) And it it just, it made the game kind of average. Like, I liked the Mm storyline. I thought the storyline was cool. But maybe if I didn't grow up in America, I would have liked the storyline more. Like, I I don't know how much foreign countries learn about the American Revolution, right? Like, we learn... Here in America, we learn, you know, of course, like, oh, yeah, there was there was this revolt and there was that revolt and there was this thing that happened over in Europe and stuff. And I knew, like, there was a bunch of dynasty changeovers in China. But, Mm -hmm. like, we don't learn specific details unless if you take some sort of class on it. Like, Mm -hmm. even in high school, when I was taking world history, it was like, well, yeah, yeah, King Henry VIII, you know, (laughs) he was... He was a fucked up dude. <laughs> like, stuff like that, but not detail. So maybe if I didn't know, like... Cause As God, much, yeah. Yeah, how first grade, pound it into your head. Mm-hmm. Every year after that, it's the same stuff over and over yep. and over Benjamin again. Franklin flying the kite with oh, the key yeah. on it. Paul Revere's Midnight Ride. Yeah, one like, if by land, two if by sea. Yep. <laughs> All of it, man. Like, and... and and of course now, even then, we, we get more history. Like we have the Broadway production of Hamilton, mm-hmm. which teaches us more about Hamilton and all this stuff. Like they, it really gets ingrained into us. So like, even though I was like, hey, the story's really cool. It's kind of like, hey, I know this story. Yeah. And in fact, there were certain parts where I was like, this ain't right. <laughs> but that was that was because, again, it's a it's a factual world, factual events with a fictional character intervening in them. So of course some of that's going to change. One of our favorite sayings, video games got a video game. (laughs) Yep. Video games got a video game. So yeah, decent storyline. Gameplay was all right. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember anything really 100% turning me off. But I also only I don't rem- remember anything turning me on either. Yeah, like, there was it only didn't get my engines revving. There was a handful of moments that I went, "Wow, that's really cool." Something like Revelations, where the entire time I was like, "This is terrible. I don't like this. I'm not having any fun." Yeah, you know. And then later in installments, where the whole time I'm just giddy with excitement because everything I'm doing is fun. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. And later installments where you're like, "Oh my god, what did you do?" <sighs> yeah, we'll get. It, yeah, it was nothing like that. There, and there was a couple of good twists to it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really did... I, I think it really represented a couple of things really well. Like, let's start off with the story, for example. Hey, guys. Just want to give you a heads up. From here on out, there's a ton of spoilers. Listen at your discretion. You start off not even playing Connor. Mm-hmm. You start off actually playing a Englishman. Um, Haytham? Yep, Haytham Kenway. Thank you. Was it, is it Haytham or Haytham? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Haytham Kenway. And you first get the impression that he himself is an assassin, the way that he moves, the way that he's walking around, what he's doing, the mission he's kind of on. And then you find out, nope, motherfucker, (laughs) I'm a Templar. Oh my God. That part blew my mind. This is one of those exciting moments. Yeah. And this is what I mean. Like it had that where I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Because up until this point, 
an assassin was an assassin was an assassin and a templar was a templar was a templar there was no changeover yeah then you basically find out he was an assassin and mm. he was trained in the way of the assassins and all this other stuff. And then he basically went, fuck you guys. Yep. I'm switching sides. I'm switching sides. And for a little while he played double agent and yeah, but his whole purpose is to find the vault. And they basically find out that there is a vault in the American colony. So he gets sent there. And then while he's there, he ends up having a quick little fling with a native American woman and you know, the result of that is Connor. Connor. Yay. <laughs> you know, Connor basically grows up without him, not knowing about him. And I don't think he knew about Connor either. I can't remember. I just, I know it, it comes into play later on mm-hmm. because, of course, he tries to get Connor to be like, hey, fuck the assassins. Come join me. <laughs> you know, we're father and son. We could we can do this together. Rule the world. But, of course, Connor's bent on a revenge mission. Because, you know, you can't have a good Assassin's Creed story without a good revenge story. (laughs) Because his whole tribe gets wiped out. Mm -hmm. Which, at the time period, the way that it happens, what's going on, is actually incredibly historically accurate. I don't know what the trigger was. I I don't know if you ever got taught this. I don't know what the trigger was. One minute, we're having Thanksgiving with these guys. They taught us how to farm, how to... You know, make corn, we become buddy-buddy, and then the next minute we're slaying them for their land. Mm-hmm. Like, why? <laughs> like, they were pretty yeah. friendly to begin yeah. with, and then all of a sudden we're like, ah! It was, mess- it was messed up for sure. It was, and I, I don't think we actually know what, what the trigger was, but yeah. So he ends up escaping with his life, and he comes across this blind assassin living in this huge fucking mansion. I just remember looking at this, and I'm not trying to be racist here. I'm just trying to be historically accurate, because the the blind guy was black. And he lives in this massive fucking mansion. And I'm like, there's no way. (laughs) There is no way that he he would be able to own this property. Like, they would literally come and take it away from him, because he would not be considered worthy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, during the time period, there's just... But I'm like, okay, well, it's cool. He's blind. He's going to do the whole blind monk teachy thing. And that's exactly what he does. And Connor learns to become an assassin. And that's when you kind of learn some of the um, like history behind the assassin order far greater than what you've learned up to that point. And yeah, I think that's where the excitement stopped. <laughs> I, I, because that's where all the, the new stuff for me ended, mm-hmm. right? Like you get introduced to... Um, sea battles because like with each Assassin's Creed game I feel like they keep getting the map bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and um, I remember somebody saying like this map was like one and a half times bigger than Brotherhood Mm -hmm. which Brotherhood was a pretty big map and like I know you had Boston you had New York City you could do the eastern seaboard you had the frontier and then you had like part of the Caribbean Sea and you could explore all of those. And this was their first, like, hey, here's this boat. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Boat. <laughs> <laughs> and you you had to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that. You, you had to find these supplies and, and do all this stuff. And the boat was called... Uh, the Aquila. Aquila? Yep. Or Quilla? Or... Aqu- Aquila. Aquila. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, you had your first mate, and he was teaching you how to, like, 
sail the ship and you know be the captain and all this other stuff and and there wasn't a lot to those those sea missions really didn't do much no i mean there was there were there was some stuff that you could do but it didn't really advance any other major plot or anything i felt like it was all side missions and yeah it was i mean we you know we know that now that it was just a proof of concept to see do these boat handling mechanics work so we can implement them later um, in a much bigger way yeah <laughs> and then never get rid of them never get rid of it <laughs> ever ever <sighs> well and that's the thing though like i thought that was cool like when I get more excited about a side mission yeah. than I do some of the main storyline missions, that that was kind of one of those things where I was like, "What the fuck is going on with this game? Like, it's really weird." When you're in the frontier, you can parkour between the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'll... you spend a lot of that time hunting because this is where they implemented like certain legendary finds and items and stuff like that, right? Like you would hunt legendary beasts, and they would you would get their skin from them because you were you were raised native american Mm -hmm. so you know back then they used every part of the pioneer yeah that's what you did so you you hunted these beasts and it got you different weapons and clothes and and all this stuff which i was like oh that's kind of cool like cosmetically that's kind of cool i don't remember it actually adding anything other than cosmetic i remember the combat system was pretty cool they they did away with some stuff they simplified some stuff they added some other stuff it it just nothing really kind of was like boom in your face about the connor stuff like you said yeah it, it really felt more of the big reveals came from the desmond side of the story yeah again we're you know talking about parallels between the assassin mission that you're playing and the stuff that's going on with Desmond. And in this one, what I didn't feel him. Yeah. What Connor's doing, Connor's looking for the vault Mm -hmm. and Desmond's looking for the vault, but that's pretty, that's where the, the similarities end because I mean, you know, you find out that Desmond's father's alive and there's some stuff with that that's going on. And sure. Now you have Connor and Hatham. So you could probably make some parallels there, but None of that really jumped out of me. I don't think you me. can. I don't think you can. It's because their stories are completely different. You mm-hmm. know, Hatham doesn't even really know about Connor for a long time until Connor basically becomes this huge thing that's like, hey, he's killed all these fucking Templars. I needed these guys to run this shit and he's wiping them out. Desmond's connection with his father isn't like that. Desmond's connection is you raised me to be an assassin. I didn't want to be one, and yet somehow you have sucked me back into this motherfucking world, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's a there's a little feud between them. It's not... I, I don't feel like it's the same kind of father-son story as Connor and Hatham. Yeah, similar, but not nearly as parallel. No. You know? I, not in some of the other games that we've discussed. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, Assassin's Creed 2, there was a huge parallel mm-hmm. between what Desmond was doing and what Ezio was doing. And in this one, it's more like we both have daddy issues and we're both looking for the vault. And that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah. You know? And yeah. again, that's not a huge you do motivating make, factor. You do get to meet historical figures like Ben Franklin. And there is a submission where you get to help him fly his kite. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. How can you, how can you not love that? 
because I was I was way too I was way too invested in the uh, environmental ability to like bash people's heads on tables and stuff. That was that was kind of that a, was cool. That was that kind was of cool. a fun yeah. new addition that they had. I liked uh, I liked that. Plus, um, you know, the we already talked about some of the new weapons and stuff, but also the rope dart. Yeah, and and that I thought was really fun. It was. Yeah, it. I, I remember it shows up kind of late, but man, you can do some pretty fun stuff with that thing. That's the thing, though. Like we are struggling. I feel like to kind <laughs> of like find things to be like, hey, look, here's this. Because even the main storyline of the game, right? Mm-hmm. After you get past that initial beginning sequence of, hey, you're, hey, thumb, you do this, you should fly, o- uh, you ship over. Sorry, fly. They didn't have planes. <laughs> ship over. You meet this woman, you have sex with her, you disappear, she has a kid, village burns down, now he's trained to become an assassin, okay, now he's an assassin, which I remember that montage or that whole sequence being very much like um, the Mask of Zorro, Mm. for those of you who have seen it. For those of you who haven't, basically it's about Zorro, he gets captured, goes into prison when he finally frees himself, like escapes. He comes across this kid who he say uh, who saved him when you know he was a kid, mm-hmm. and now he's an adult, and basically tells him, "Hey, look, I will teach you how to get your revenge. I will teach you how to become Zoro, but you can only do exactly what I tell you to mm-hmm. do, and when I tell you to do it, you can't go beyond that. You go beyond that, we're we're done. We're no longer friends, and that's kind of how this was." You know, his mentor was basically like, you're only going to go after targets I tell you to go after. You're only going to do this when I tell you to do it. You have no free will. You're my bitch. Mm-hmm. But once you get to that point, it's kind of like, meh. Yeah. Because even then, like, you do the Boston Tea Party. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like it was as big of a, like... It should have felt more epic. Grand. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it didn't. You have some of these epic battles that are happening, which are battles yeah <laughs> and they didn't feel epic like mm-hmm. it didn't keep the tone yeah that i felt like it should have which i think is where it lost like you help paul revere you help paul revere on his midnight ride and it's still you're just kind of like yeah you're just running from point a to point b and knocking on doors right and it's yeah there's nothing epic about it yeah there was nothing like grandiose that made me go oh my god like i am i am a part of history like I felt like in some of the previous games, you mm-hmm. know, I, I like that um, you could get yourself into the furniture manufacturing business, though. You could because in the yeah. homestead, that's how you make money mm-hmm. is by. Inv- Be, they brought that over from um, the Ezio trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the homestead base of operations where you can you know you do stuff to create more money to buy upgrades to make more money and it's this kind of self-defeating cycle because at a certain point you have more money than you know what to do with yeah because you've bought once you've got everything you're like well now i'm done (laughs) yeah right like but i will say because at least in um like the Ezio trilogy you had fellow assassins that you mm-hmm. could upgrade and send out on missions and they would die. So yeah. then you had to train new ones. And I, like I, you continuously had a purpose for the money. And I do remember some of the people that were in the homestead. I got to kind of care about some of those guys. I do remember there's yeah. a sequence where two of them are fighting and you're trying to break it up. And there's actually, you know, like there, tension. It's there's like a, like a little button pressing mini game thing and you're trying to push them apart. And then one guy falls in the river and you got to chase after him. And that, that was, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you guys what, stop fighting. Oh no, now you're in the river and I'm chasing you down. But again, 
we're talking five, ten minutes worth of and you know excitement and, an and overall stuff. like twenty hour game. Yeah, yeah it just it, it was it was like right on the cusp of being great, and it just never really got there. Well, and like they added some fun stuff. Right, like, Mm -hmm. speaking of these little side missions, right, like, I remember there was one where you would talk to these frontiermen, and you had to go on this quest about UFOs. Mm -hmm. Like, they, there's something in the night sky, and you're, like, you're, you're, you're investigating UFOs, and then there was one about, like, Sasquatch, and then, like, you were going after Captain Kidd's treasure, Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is cool, like, I like these kind of little things, like, it, that really helped add some stuff to it Mm -hmm. but again i i think it's kind of sad that i get more enjoyment out of these silly little side quests these five minute things than i did the actual storyline yeah um and not to say that again the story wasn't bad i think a part of it was it was just one that i have heard and and read and experienced a million times over in my life Mm -hmm. and then for it to not be as grand as i felt like it should yeah it's a fun set of tools and abilities and things you can do in a world that's not really fun to be in yeah you know yeah i think that's that's, i think that's a great way to kind of sum it up because like ultimately you find out of course it was a group of templars that ended up burning down your village Mm -hmm. so now you have to go through and systematically destroy the templar order so you start taking out the top dogs which with every major historical event, mm-hmm. there's some major Templar tied to it. So Ubisoft has developed a good pattern by now on how to do this, right? Like if you think about it in the other games, that's kind of how it was. Ezio, you had these semi-major events and there was always some sort of Templar tied to it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the same thing here. So as you start going through, your father who you end up finding out is your father, and he ends up finding out you're his son, he's the, like, grandmaster of the colony Templar branch type deal. And he's getting really pissed off (laughs) because you're fucking with his operations. And so, like, I remember a sequence towards the end where you're basically like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Mm -hmm. Like, this is it. I don't care if he's my father or not. He allowed this to happen. In fact, he ordered it to happen. I'm going to fucking kill him. And so you guys go through, like, this assassins versus assassins kind of style fight, right? Do you remember this? Where he's, like, crouching and walking along ceiling t- the ceiling beams and you're trying to evade him. And, mm-hmm. like, I thought that was pretty fun. Like, but even then it wasn't, like, meh. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it wasn't this huge epic battle that it could have been in my mind. Yeah. You know? And uh, it was fun. It just, I thought it could have been better. And so you, like, you end up killing him, and then you help, basically, you know, the major founding fathers kind of get everything together and, you know, proceed with the fi- uh, the founding of America. Because, like, even by the end of the game, it's not the end of the war. Like, if you remember, mm-hmm. you're, the, the war is still going on. Yeah. Like, there are missions where you help George Washington out, and... There are missions with Paul Revere and Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. And, like, you see a lot of these big historical figures. Mm -hmm. And you help them through various different stupid quests. Like, God, pages of books. Do you remember this? (laughs) This is 
Or was it books or was it the newspaper for Benjamin Franklin? I can't remember. Yeah. But you had to run around and scoop up these stupid papers from <laughs> everywhere, which was just like, oh my God. But other than that, like, that was that was it. That's that's your main story right there in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Ba-boom. And it was kind of like, hmm. But on the other hand, Desmond's side, which you don't get to play very often, yeah. right? Because, of course, it sticks with that very, very real mechanic of you get to a certain point in Connor's story and it pulls you out of the animus. And you're like, hey, this is this is what's going on, you know. But to me, the parts of Desmond's story, I, I don't remember one that wasn't like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, I want to, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was just, I was baffled. I was amazed. I was way more. And this is the first game. Like, we've talked about it in our previous cast that the other ones i liked the story revelations i liked playing Ezio. i liked playing altair i liked finding out that story you not so much Mm -hmm. you were way more invested in desmond's part of it and i wasn't this was the first one where i was like yeah what the hell's going on desmond because you're (laughs) way more fucking interesting than the main game so like you loved it so much why don't you tell us desmond's story these are some big things 2012 where in December, I think, if I remember correctly, we're on a countdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the the date in the December twelfth. Well, so is it on the twelfth? Yep, so it it's, is. It's twelve, twelve, twelve. That was the that was the big thing. Because <laughs> you know, as Desmond, right? You're going in there. You're looking for. You know that Connor has the key to the vault, and he knows where the vault is and stuff. Okay, sorry. I guess I get your question. Your gameplay isn't on the twelfth. It's leading up to the twelfth. Yes, yes. Sorry, no, no, I, that's I fine. misunderstood. No, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, because you because Desmond is is actually he's in the Animus and then he's out and he's kind of hopping around the world finding clues and stuff. Because since you're looking for the vault, that's a lot of what Desmond ends up doing. And um, you end up going to different places. And I remember, like, you're, like, scaling the outside of buildings in, like, uh, New York or something like that. Yeah, because you're on the eastern seaboard again. um, And I know that you have to go to other places. but Well, you end up in the frontier. You end up in Boston. You end up in New York. Like, scope through all these other places. And I know not just as Connor, but as Desmond as well. Because... Every time you bounce out, if I remember correctly, it basically throws up a clock of like six hours until midnight. <laughs> Four hours yeah, until right. midnight. Um, oh, yeah. that's Now I remember. So he's looking for power, like power cores or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To turn on the machine that's going to save us from the solar flare, right? That's yep. where we're at at this point. In the vault. Yeah. Yeah. So... Solar, the sun is going to have a solar flare. It's going to wipe out all life on Earth. Yep. Desmond's task is yeah. to find these power cells, to find the key to the vault, get into the vault. And I think they may even already be close to it towards the beginning of the game. They are. And so that's what... They're just trying to find the power the accesses to it and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And so he's going out and he's doing this. And then, you're, and then his dad, William, mm-hmm. he goes to get the last one... But he ends up getting captured yep. because, and the reason I remember this all of a sudden is because when he, when Desmond goes to save his dad, mm-hmm. that's when you finally kill Vidic. 
Oh, that's right. Right? Because, yeah, you go there, you save your dad, you fight, and you you rescue your dad, and you kill Vidic. And then you guys go back to... um, You go back to the vault. Um, Now it is, like, the last day, Mm -hmm. the last few minutes... And this is the like this is the part that gets me super excited because right the, the first two games all the games actually before this have all been leading up to this point we yeah. know that this precursor race was wiped out they stored themselves as like basically data files they know that this is going to happen again Desmond is the key to stopping it so he gets to the vault to save the world and that's when he finds out that to do so he has to die. Because the energy to turn on the machine that'll save the world, that energy is will be too much for him. And our good friends Minerva and Juno show back up. Fuck, dude. <laughs> and, you know. Bitches be crazy. I was going to say, because Minerva's the one who's super nice. Mm-hmm. And Juno's the one who's not so nice. Yep. So they basically, you know, tell him... Here's your choice. You can turn on the machine. It will kill you, but it will save everybody else on the planet. Or you cannot turn on the machine. Everybody, almost everybody will die, but Desmond will be one of the survivors and will actually be like a leader in, the, in this new society after this. I just, I just remember Desmond being like, nope, I got to do the right thing. I got to save everybody. He tells because, um, dude, it gets like way more complicated than that because like Juno, um, informs him that he can activate the pedestal to save the world. But that's when Minerva appears and says, don't do this because if you do this, Juno will, Juno will be free to try and conquer the world again. Right. See, I don't even remember that. It adds in this whole other, I do. I remember it because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Wait, wait. What about the solar flare? Because now we're... What world is there for her to rule if the solar flare happens? Because they basically tell him, like, if you let the solar flare hit, you will be one of, like, very few survivors. Right? Mm -hmm. And they both agree on this. But then they also tell him, if you sacrifice yourself, then you're basically going to become Jesus. Yeah. Like, something vaguely along those lines. Where they're going to use you as an example to create more religious whatever in future generations and it's just gonna right the cycle's gonna repeat and over and over yeah, and over and over yeah but everybody's alive right correct and keep in mind this is what the assassins have all been about free will to do what you want don't control people to to be in a peaceful world let people's free will dictate and let them choose to be as peaceful as yeah, possible yeah it, it just i just remember being like I don't even know anymore because like <laughs> my brain is so flooded yeah. with all this. And I actually remember thinking to myself, like maybe I would understand this because by this point in time in the games, right, we had books, mm-hmm. we had phone games, which w- we're not discussing because they're phone games <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and everything like that. And I, I kind of felt like maybe if I would have paid attention to more of that or read some of those books, I would actually understand a little bit more of what's going on. Cause I felt really confused. And then I just learned, Nope, didn't matter. You'd be confused <laughs> anyways, because it was like, this was huge revelations happening mm. right here. And it was just a couple of them. And I was just like, oh, my brain hurts. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? I know. Right. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it really is crazy to think, I mean, like put yourself in that situation, right? You have, 
you, so first of all, you're told, hey, you come from this long line of you know these these assassins who are fighting these modern day Templars. This war has been going on for you know literally thousands of years. You have the ability to save everybody on the planet, but it will cost you your life. And if you do, everybody will kind of revere you as a savior, but the fighting will continue. However, if you don't do it, millions of people will die. Like the entire planet like, will die. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you how do you make that how do you make that choice? Well, especially since you're up until this. You're under the belief of, I just got to activate this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I flip a fucking switch. Yeah. And boom, global protection. Mm-hmm. Like, and then to find out, nah, no, 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 bro. <laughs> no. The power for it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. And <laughs> your soul's the only one that's strong enough for this. Oh, by the way, in also doing this, you release a god. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just FYI, which... What did you, Juno's the nice one and Minerva's the mean one? No, Minerva's the nice one. Juno's the mean okay. one. Okay. But yeah, because like Juno's the one who would gain control of the planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but you're, you're throwing a lot at me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at this point, I think I'm going to sleep on it. <laughs> Which, of course, you don't have the choice. Yeah, no. Sleep. You got five minutes till D-Day. I mean, right, really basically. make a choice. Well, and I remember actually having a choice... You said something about it automatically happened. Yeah, during pre, uh, pre-recording, pre we were talking about it a little. And yeah, I don't remember getting a choice. I remember just it happening. See, and I, I remember getting a choice. Yeah. And I, like I did, some, of course, I, I've read up and everything. And it just sounds like he just makes the choice. Mm-hmm. He makes the choice to save the world. The game released in 2012. Yeah. Folks, This the last time I played this game was in 2012. <laughs> so it, it's been a little bit. But I know, like, when they do that, because I, I did make the choice to save it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a heartless bastard. Even in video games. Even in video games. Well, that's the that's the funny part. Like, you know, people always say this, like, oh, you can be whoever you want. Well, you tend to just be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I literally, if I have, if there's a moral choice system in a video game, uh, I, I always play through as, I, as me mm-hmm. the first time. And then the second time I have to force myself to be as evil as possible just to see that sign of it. Because even when I'm forcing myself, I'm like, oh, but I feel so bad doing this. There is. there, Especially like those games where they have like that really heart-tugging moment. Mm-hmm. That you know like what you are doing is supremely evil. Yeah. And you're just like, but I, I, but I love this character. I, I found, I, I both liked and hated it. Fable three had a had a really interesting moral choice system where it was like there is a bunch of bad invaders coming. You can drain the lake to mine out resources to build us better weapons to defend against it. But if you do, the society around it will die will die off because now they don't have fresh water or you can choose to leave the lake. The, The society will flourish. But now we don't have those weapons. And they, there was a lot of stuff like that where yeah. it gave you this really Well, good because and bad I feel choice. like that's that's more realistic. It is. Like with every choice, there is good and bad consequences from it, mm-hmm. right? And we make a million choices throughout our life. So I, I do. I appreciate those choice systems in games where it's not black and white. It's a hey, if you do this. Does the good outweigh the bad of yeah. this choice? Or does the bad outweigh the good? And that's kind of what you have to juggle Mm -hmm. um the witcher 3 wild hunt which we have not talked about or anything like that 
they're really good at making those choices in that type of game of the same thing where, mm-hmm. but their thing is they don't explain to you mm-hmm. the good, bad consequences of the choice. You make the choice and then you, and then you find out yeah. the good and bad consequences and you're like, Fuck. <laughs> I, I don't really like the way this turned out. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't understand why I have, I found a guy who got drunk and burned down a, a blacksmith's building. Like, I get that he should be punished, but hanging is a little extreme for a me. A little extreme, right? Yeah. Like, just set him in jail for a few years. <laughs> like, I don't know. But yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but but that's the thing. Like, you didn't know mm-hmm. that he was going to get hanged until you turned him over. And then they're like, yep, we're hanging your ass. And you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, oops. <laughs> well, sorry, dude. Like, because he like, he like begs for you to like, let me go. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. I'll... Da, 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 and you're like, no, you need to be punished. Yeah, it's the right and thing to do. And you're thinking, like, just jail. I don't know if you ever noticed. <laughs> later, if you do that quest, <laughs> later in the game, yeah. you can actually see his body ah. hanging from the gallows. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, this game's fucked up. <laughs> but I like those choices. Mm-hmm. This one, I don't feel like it was that drastic no. of a choice. But it still was a choice. Mm-hmm. It's still... And that's what makes me think that, like, you could actually choose. Mm -hmm. But I remember, whether I chose to or not, he sacrificed himself. You had to fight Juno, um, which I don't even know. I can't even remember how that fight turns out. I just remember her basically being like, you know what? Good job, buddy. But uh, I got this. You sit there dead in the corner. (laughs) I got this. And, like, that was it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, your dad, because Sean and Rebecca, um, so, yeah, so. Your dad, Sean, and Rebecca. Well, yeah, like, so, leave. yeah, William, yeah, William is your dad. Sean and Rebecca were the people from the previous games who were helping you alongside with Lucy. And, yeah, the three of them, they end up. Lucy. Yeah, I know, poorly. We all shed a tear for Lucy, even though she was a double, double agent. Triple agent? Double, triple agent. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, One fucked up chick. Yeah, no, messed up. And I was really sad when she died. And then I was like, oh, I'm not so sad. She's dead. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, and now I'm sad again. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they end up leaving because. You know, yeah, and it's, I remember it was a, it's like a horrific scene, right? Desmond grabs the pedestal, he's got lightning shooting through him, he's shaking and screaming, oh my god, it was... Well, and then, like, it just shoots to the scene of outer space where you see, like, this really futuristic, like, alien technology type, like, blue shield just go all over the planet. The solar flare hit it, nothing happened, and then it dissipates, and he's, like, charred. Yeah, he... He, yeah, he's like yeah. extra crispy. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad, but it was bad. <laughs> it would, dude, I just remember like it being like, oh, did you really have to like, <laughs> thanks for the realism, but that's kind of like dark, dude. Like I've just played this game for this guy for what, five games, six mm-hmm. games, something like that. Like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Sad panda. <laughs> that, that was it. Like in credits, they roll that mm. you hear. I want to say you hear. William, Rebecca, and um, Sean talking about something, but I can't even remember if that's true or not. I, I will. I, I remember there being there. They're talking. You hear that the Templars are going in there and getting his body. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, that's it. what that's it. Because it. I was like, I know there was some other talk yeah. because they like, like he tells them, get the fuck out of here, get mm. as far away from here as possible because he's afraid that in him doing it, it's gonna kill them too. Yeah. And so they hop back in the van and they fucking book it out of there. And yeah, I remember that now. 
they like during the end credits you hear them talking about how the templars have bound the vault they're going in they're recovering his body do we need to be concerned about this and his dad's like no there's nothing left there's there's no way that they can get any more information out of it mm-hmm. or some shit like that and i'm just like oh fuck is this like the last assassin's creed game like ever because really they kind of tied it up i won't say nicely mm-hmm. because i feel like there was a lot still that was kind of like well what the fuck is going on with all of this yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like you still had the assassins and the templar after each other you still knew of all of these other fucking artifacts around the world. Mm. You still knew the gods were doing its own thing. Juno is now free. Free in quotation marks. Yeah, like, I, I, what the fuck is that about? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, what? if this is it, if this is your way of ending a series, trust me, my friend, I'm going to be consulting a lawyer. Be like, they robbed me. <laughs> I feel like this was theft. I want to sue. <laughs> no. It, it just... it. It felt incomplete, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I could see them totally being like, yep, that was it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate your phantom. We're going to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Seven games later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, would, why would we stop making these things? They make such good money. Right. Um, there is, though, there is, like, there, I, there is an epilogue. It's later on in Connor's, oh. you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's doing stuff in the manor. Um, because he's like, I'm done. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing this assassin stuff anymore. He ends up going to New York and watching the last of the British forces leaving. Um, and then he also sees, uh, that slave trading. I mean, going back to those dark, terrible times, he sees them, you know, Right next to the, so you've got all these people cheering that the British are leaving because they're not going to be under the rule of England anymore. But at the same time, he sees all these slavery ships coming in and he's like, well, wait a minute. We just fought for freedom, yet we're, we are bringing people in who are not free. And this, you know, I mean, a, a legitimate internal turmoil of, well, what was the heck was I just working for, for all this freedom, if not everybody can be free? Yeah. You know, no, I I remember this. I think they did a good representation. Like I remember him because the the manor that he lived in had all these portraits of the Templars, mm-hmm. um, and I remember him taking them down. I remember that he kind of like leaves. He he walks through his like village type deal. Mm-hmm. Like, like I I don't know what to call it around there. Um, he like he talks to a couple. Like he's basically just trying to be like you know what. My job's done. I killed the Templars. I got my revenge. Peace dog. Yeah. I'm Audi. And yeah, like he sees this happening and I, I, I kind of feel like he's like, I'll never be done. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to be an assassin because now my goal is to free these people who we just brought in as slaves. Mm-hmm. And then there's this weird little like thing at the very end where you get this kind of weird voiceover that's dude i don't remember this that is basically saying um hey there's a a bunch of pivot points all across colonial america and go collect them and then once you do it's like you're connected to the cloud which didn't make any sense to me at the time (laughs) because i hadn't at this point, I was like, well, wait a minute. This isn't Juno, who is free, quote unquote. It's not Minerva. Yeah. It's a male voice, right? I, I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. 
and yeah, it just it seemed weird, right? It seemed weird to me. Yeah, because I can't, I can't, re- I I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what it meant by no. cl- connecting to the cloud. Yeah, I, well, and it, it makes to me it, it ended up making sense later because of how the future games kind of worked themselves out. At least the next couple. Oh yeah, and so yeah, that's right. So at the time, it didn't make any sense to me, and it was there. Know. It was their nice little kicking the dick of well we got something else for you but we're not going to tell you what well because here's the thing up until this point we've been playing as desmond in the animus and now desmond's dead how are we going to continue playing in this alternate fiction reality well and that's what i was getting at that's yeah. what i was wondering like how is this the end or are they going to give us another protagonist that we play mm-hmm. or are we like wh- yeah how are we Very doing weird. this from this point on because i like yeah, they 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 made it feel like like a definitive end, mm-hmm. right? And you're right. Like I I vaguely remember this, but I I don't remember the voiceover. I I don't remember the cloud stuff. I just I remember like still being able to play and actually wondering like how because mm-hmm. in the previous games they always make this little quip at the end of it of like okay well we'll put you back in so you can yeah you can keep looking or flush keep out or whatever, or whatever. yeah. And it like it's a it's a little one liner in the credits where they're just like, well, we're going to we're going to put you back in so you can keep doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then you're able to continue playing. Yeah. Because video games got a video game. Yeah. <laughs> and I, re- I remember wondering, like, well, how the hell am I still playing? You know, like mm. and it, yes, future games <laughs> answered that question. But at the time, there was no talk yeah, of like, Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah. There was no talk of them continuing on with any of this franchise. There, there was nothing. It was like dead fucking silent. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was quite a while before they basically were like, okay, okay, <laughs> we're making another one. <laughs> and people were like, oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, because like there was, it was just kind of like, wait a minute. We have all these questions. Your books haven't answered it. Your games haven't answered it. Like, and, and dear God, I, I don't know if they still haven't answered everything that they put out there. I kind of feel like Assassin's Creed is uh, the Game of Thrones of video games. <laughs> like, here's a shit ton of questions, and either we forgot about them, <laughs> or we killed off the people who could answer them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it's so many games now, we just have so much more information, so much more questions, mm-hmm. and, like, I just... I remember kind of, at this point, getting frustrated about all of that. Yeah. And basically being like, you know what? I don't care what the overarching storyline is. I just want a good game. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Yeah. But then they have the DLC. Yeah. Which this is where like, I, I, I me, I lost a little respect. Yeah. I really did. Cause I understand the appeal of it. Like, Hey, look at this alternate history. Alternate reality. Wah, 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 wah. You wanted to punch George Washington in the face. Well, now you can yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> like, I don't know. And, like, they did it in kind of, like, some weird dream sequence. Right? Did you ever play this? No. Okay. So, the whole point is we overthrow them. Mm-hmm. And instead of creating a democracy and a republic and, and, and all this stuff and, you know, founding our nation, George Washington basically comes in and he's like, hey, motherfuckers, I won. These soldiers follow me. So, now either you follow me or it's done. <laughs> Right? Okay. Like, I will kill you. 
I'm the king, bitches. And he becomes king. And basically, like, I just remember him, like, going mad with power, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, this is not the George Washington from history at all. Anywhere close. Like, they've turned him into a fucking crazy Mad Hatter type character. Um, And your goal is to kill him. Like, you conspire with Ben Franklin, Samuel Adams. um, uh, God. A couple other ones. Mm. Like... Benedict Arnold, um, Thomas Jefferson. Like, you end up getting up with these guys, and Mm. you run a couple of missions. Like, it's not one straightforward mission of, hey, I'm going to run and kill the king. Right? Right. It's, we got to build up to this and and try and get at him. And that's your whole point, though, is to kill George Washington. (laughs) Like, that's... (laughs) They find an apple, which is, you know, just the orb. Yeah. An orb. They find one... George Washington, I think, is actually using it. They end up taking it from him. I can't remember a lot about it, but mm. like, I don't think you actually end up killing George Washington. You just end up taking away his power because you take away the apple, and I think you like hurdle it into the fucking sea. You're like, fuck you, fuck, <laughs> and you just huck that bitch into the ocean. Um, and I can't remember why, but I just remember playing through it being like, I fucking hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Yeah. Because it didn't. It didn't feel real. It like I felt like all of the characters weren't who they were, weren't who I was taught they were, mm. you know, like weren't even who they were when I met them previously in the game. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, this isn't, this doesn't feel natural, unique, or organic to the game. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was, and I kind of was like, if they're going to continue doing this, I'm not going to waste my money on these DLCs. Yeah. Cause, like, I don't enjoy this mm-hmm. at all because it wasn't, there was no factual history based off of it. There's nothing to state that if George Washington were to get this almighty powerful artifact that can control the will of human beings, that he'd be like, <laughs> I just fought for freedom, but you know what? That's because I didn't have the power to control it. <laughs> but now I do. So I am. Like, now granted, there's nothing to say that he wouldn't yeah i guess but it, like it just makes it harder to believe considering the the speeches that he gave the actions that he took the fact that he was when he became president mm-hmm. the way that he acted when he was president because easily when he became president he could have altered and manipulated a couple of things there in that first presidency to kind of set some groundwork going forward mm-hmm. right but he didn't and said he's he, he dictated the exact opposite like None of it makes sense. <laughs> None of it. And it drove me nuts, bro. Like, and then they, like, and then I noticed they kind of do stuff like this with a lot of them. Mm. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> why? <laughs> like the next couple of games, they didn't granted there's in the next few games. I want to say there was only like one, well, one amazing one. And the rest were kind of like, no, mm-hmm. no, put those back, <laughs> please. Cause like they weren't, they were bad. <laughs> but they were just straight up bad. We'll get to those. I don't know. Like, overall, I, I think when we get closer to that time period, we, we can talk about all of our favorites and everything like that. Mm. But this one, just even this, it took it a notch further down for me. Yeah. Because of this DLC. It was the first one that I can remember that did a DLC like this. And it ruined it. Yeah. I mean, I, I still kind of... I mean, I know that they are technically standalone games, but I still think of Brotherhood and Revelations as kind of DLCs over like over 
overinflated DLCs. You well, know? And we talked about this. Yeah. I, I honestly think if those games, if that was to be released now, in the age of technology that we have, like, mm. and my my key point, or like my key evidence in standing behind the statement is The Witcher. If Assassin's Creed Two came out now, Brotherhood and Revelations, I do think would be DLCs. Yeah, I really do. And the reason why I say The Witcher is because The Witcher came out with the Blood and Wine expansion, mm-hmm. which was a DLC that added like 25 more hours of gameplay. Yeah. Like, it was huge. Mm-hmm. And they did it as a DLC. Mm-hmm. They, they, they could have easily made that, boom, here's your own game. Mm-hmm. And that would have been Brotherhood. That that would have been the, <laughs> you know, that's, that's basically what Brotherhood was. And I agree with you on that. that yeah. Those were just kind of like glorified dlcs but i think for the time period in which it was done you couldn't you couldn't just throw them on as dlcs no and had to make them their own standalone game yeah and so you know while i know that like i said while i know that they're not considered dlcs i still think of them as such yeah but i mean like i said i didn't play tyranny of king washington because it didn't look appealing to me you saved yourself a good couple of hours of frustration. <laughs> and I was about to say, uh, it sounds like that was a wise choice because, yeah, I I mean, I liked Brotherhood, Revelations I wasn't into, and this I feel like just would have been more, well, this is not my cup of tea. Well, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. Um, no, it, it like, I don't know. It, I, I think it could have done without it and been it absolutely the same been mediocre game. And I like, I hate calling the game mediocre, but that's kind of what this one was. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It had its moments of awesomeness, but then it had its moments of like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Me? But like, overall, I don't remember a whole lot of glitches. Mm-hmm. No. Like, I don't remember having a whole lot of issues with the parkour system, with the combat, yeah. with the storyline, with having to reload something because I got stuck somewhere. Like, the flow of it was very smooth. Um, it was very simplistic, which sometimes si- simpler is better, mm-hmm. right? Um, in this case, yeah, it made it it made it okay. Yeah, it, like it, but it it was consistent. Mm-hmm. I will say that, like, it was consistent throughout it. I didn't have to worry about like, hey, am I going to boot up my game today and actually be able to play it, or am I going to meet mm-hmm. seven fucking you know game breaking glitches, right, or right? a hard crash or whatever? Yeah. And so, like, in that aspect, this game held up really, really well because we had game-breaking glitches in Brotherhood. We had game-breaking glitches in Revelations. Assassin's Creed 1, like, even though it was kind of consistent, it was monotonous Mm -hmm. in its consistency. And it was hard to get through for me because it was just so boring. (laughs) Assassin's Creed 2... I loved it. I was excited about it. The parkour system was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. They were experimenting with a new parkour system. The combat system felt a little clunky. They improved it in Brotherhood, but in Brotherhood you had other fucking glitches. And then you went on to Revelations where they were like, we're going to throw a whole new bag of shit into this yeah. mixture. And like, even though it wasn't terrible, it had its own problems of its own. Like I remember... Trying to start some of these missions and actually having problems starting them because the game just didn't want to. And then I'd have to hard reset. Mm. Then hard reset again. And then load up a previous save point (laughs) and go back at it. 
to finally get the thing to work. Mm-hmm. And this didn't have any of that. No, this is... I know you would say that you didn't want to call it a... You know, you, you, we say mediocre, and it's more... It, it's it's just... You said it, consistent, right? It is. It was solid, but it wasn't deep. It wasn't yeah. revolutionary. It wasn't. <laughs> I, I swear I don't terrible, even mean. Terrible. I, this is this is what I live with, guys. I don't even mean to do it. it. It didn't break any new grounds. It added some cool new stuff. Everything worked, but it just didn't have a ton of soul or heart to it. There were some complications of it going from different mediums of the parkour system. Like, mm. I remember if you were trying to go from a roof to a tree to a roof again, like stuff like that, you could. You could experience some problems, but it was nothing that was so devastating that mm. I was like, oh my God, I can't play this game yeah. because it's just so unmanageable. Yeah. No, it was just kind of like, oh, well, that sucked. Well, I'll hide in this bush instead. Yeah. Like it. So, yeah, it, 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 I wouldn't say mediocre. It was consistent because it did have its moments of like, this is awesome. Mm. I love this plot twist or I love that what just happened here. I loved the combat finishers Mm. and stuff like that. Um, But it just wasn't anything where I would be like, oh yeah, I'd replay this game Mm -hmm. a million times over. I'd replay this game. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't replay the game, but God, I would really have to have nothing else to play. Yeah. I was just going to say nothing is drawing me back to playing it, but that doesn't make it bad. It just, it was, it was good, but it could have been great. And, And in all fairness though, I think there's only one Assassin's Creed game that I would go back and play willingly. Yeah. Only one. And and, and that's not to say that there's only one good one. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, there's a bunch of good ones. There's just one that, for me personally, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is it. I'm a motherfucking T-Rex. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. It's Wait, weird. what? It's weird. It's... Weird. I, it's it's from a silly movie about being able to do whatever you want and be who you want to be type deal. And yeah, the teacher asked this little fifth grade girl, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she's like, I want to be a motherfucking T-Rex. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> and yeah, so that's, that's where that's from. Um, but, and but that's what that game made me feel like. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really had some freedom. I had some choices. It was beautiful. Um, we have yet to talk about it. In fact, it's the next one we're going to talk about, which I'm super excited for. And yeah, like, but overall, like I, I felt I've, I've, I've spoken my angry piece <laughs> about Assassin's Creed three. Um, I was actually really sad to see Desmond go. Mm-hmm. I really was. I, I liked him as a character. Yeah, it really just kind of like... That part was a big shocker to me. Where I was just like, oh shit. Like, well, what are we going to do? And I did. I remember wondering, like, how are they going to go forward mm-hmm. with this series? Like, if they are. Yeah. Because Desmond and that crew was such a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Knowing now how they did, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, it makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, this is awesome. It was just that, I think that was the hardest part. It was mm. just like, I finished the game. And like, this was actually the first Assassin's Creed game that I played with my now wife. She sat there and watched the whole thing. And she. I remember her being like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> like, she thought the story was incredible. Mm-hmm. She thought all of the, like... 
the way the world was working and the fact that you like because she <laughs> i turned her into a gamer <laughs> like she kind of played video games in the past mostly pokemon but this was the first one where she was like holy shit there's much better games out yeah. like what um and she she sat down and she watched the whole thing and even she was kind of like at the end of it like it was good but like there were a lot of boring parts mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah like yeah, I would close up by saying the same thing. It didn't move any mountains, but it definitely wasn't the worst one. I liked the new things that they implemented. I liked the new weapons. I liked the new animations. Well, and I was really sad that, like, almost immediately a lot of these things that I liked, they let go in the next game. Yeah. Like, it, I was just kind of like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this, the story wasn't the deepest or the best but i do like some of the moments again finding out haytham is an assassin turning templar was really cool um interacting with some of the historical figures i thought was pretty fun even though i do think that they sometimes kind of let it mm-hmm. get a little too far with oh now we're introducing this guy and now we're introducing this guy and now we're introducing this guy um it's a i thought it was a good wrap-up to the whole desmond stuff and yeah i was a little concerned about where they were going to go but with the benefit of hindsight i could I can definitely say that uh, what they did was a lot of fun, and I was very much looking forward to the next one. And, yeah, I mean, I guess that's about it, right? Yeah. Now, this one's a little shorter this week, but then again, that's just because, you know, yeah, this game didn't really move mountains or anything. Fun. So I would say if you've, if you've played all the other ones up to this point, there's no reason to oh, stop. no, no. I, I... <laughs> If you're going through and playing through the Desmond saga, which is what I, I would designate it as, mm-hmm. you have to play the game. You have to. Yeah. It's not going to be one where you, you walk out of it going, oh my God, I'm so happy that I played it. But at the same time, it's not. if you don't, you are missing out on a lot of valuable information to kind of wrap it up. And quite honestly, if you've made it through Brotherhood and Revelations, which or both games that I enjoyed, if you've listened to our previous podcasts, you can make it through this one Mm -hmm. and actually have more fun with it. Like, there is a lot more enjoyable things. Like, I loved running around the wilderness. I loved hunting the animals and and doing the silly little side quests. I loved going out on the Aquila, or whatever, however you pronounce that boat. Aquila. Aquila. (laughs) I greatly enjoyed all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. But as I said, it would it, it's one that you need to play through, and then I would totally understand if you never played through it again. Yeah, like there is so there's a, a there's a phenomenon that I I call the gaming melancholy, which is once you finish a game, you're kind of left with this sadness because for some unknown reason, like you finish this game, you finish the story, you finish this journey, but oh, for some dude, reason you're happens. sad about it, right? This happens to me all the time. Yeah. And I call it gaming melancholy and that's yeah. just my own personal take on it. And I this, like it. this I think it fits well. I, oh yeah. Right. Thank you. This one didn't give me that feeling. It was like the story's closed. I didn't feel sad. I just felt like we're done with this tale and where are we going to go? The other two did give me that feeling though. You see, and that's, that's it where I was kind of like, I don't know if I was sad because the game ended or I was sad because I didn't know where it was leading. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause for those who really know me, I don't do well with the unknown. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have to know, like when my brain gets focused on something, I have to know. I have to. And when I ended this, I was like, I have to know how you're going forward. Mm -hmm. I have to know what comes next. 
And if you can't tell me what comes next, I'm out. And I'm going home, and I'm taking my Legos with me. <laughs> and, like, that's uh, almost at the point that I was with this. Mm-hmm. Because this game didn't make me go, well, I really want to play the next one. Mm-hmm. It just made me curious as to, what are they going to do? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's about it. So, thanks for listening in. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And until next time, game, game on. on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast of No Tokens Required created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from No Tokens Required.